In the Hutton Orbital Space Observatory, the day shift hands over to the night shift. Lifting off their headsets and turning away from the screen, the watchers in the tower rub their tired eyes and look startled at hearing normal noises once again. They've been hard at work scouring the galaxy using the station's giant antenna for signs of intelligent life. After all, there's absolutely none near here. The night shift settle into their chairs, drop their headcans over their ears, twiddle a few knobs in the screens in front of them and then start their duty shift. They listen ever so carefully to the background hiss of the Milky Way, the steady thump of far pulsars, the nothing that is a patch of sky containing a black hole. They hear the distant rumble of Proxima and even fainter Alpha Centauri A. Beyond that, the little blips that are visible and the wonders of the full-spectrum scanner, audible stars. Then, one of them nudges his mug of coffee and it drifts across the room, off the edge of the table and towards a colleague. They try to catch it, but it tips and the content spills onto one of the control boards. The noise that booms through their headset has them diving for the volume knob. And to try and tune into something else, anything else, anything but... Our mics are live. Well, they weren't expecting that. I'm your Harkness, the Apology Officer, and I am not apologising for this show being in their ears. It's their own silly fault. After all, they could be listening to the collected works of Stroud and Waker. No, they really couldn't. They've got safety warnings on them. Even the security team don't use those on captured prisoners. It's against the DSO convention. Is that the one where everyone dresses up as a furry and gets really drunk? No, you're thinking of LaveCon. The Diesel Convention says you can't subject people to cruel and unusual torture. Like our listener. There's nothing cruel and unusual about them. Well, I mean, what we're doing to them now. Procrastinating? Yeah, good point. Time for the headlines. In the Battle of Mug versus Pilot, it turns out that Mug wins. Pilot see FFS to the FSS, the Stargoy Detector in Hit and Misses. Too Hot, Too Messy, Week 9 update. Rosarch Hub in Galactic Identity Crisis. Hutton caught napping as BTS stuff happens. And expeditions ahoy as I look at what's happening in the community. How tough is your Hutton mug? It's a serious question. Hutton mugs have survived trips to the Antarctic. Okay, so they didn't all survive the Postal Service's tender ministrations on the way home from there. They've been thrown into the Great Annihilator. They've been scooped up by Thargoids and in general are regarded as some of the tougher rare items out there. Not surprising given that they're made from the reclaimed drive plates of ships that didn't make it out to Hutton. 
If it's good enough to propel your ship across interstellar space at superluminal speeds without turning you into space jam, inside out or dropping you into an alternate dimension where strange tentacled beasts will eat your face, then it isn't good it's good enough to keep your drink warm and of course survive being dropped from a reasonable height onto a hard surface. It turns out that in terms of man or woman versus mug, however in the space legs on foot environments that many people enjoy via the Odyssey permits for planet surfaces, mugs and especially Hutton mugs are tough. Here at Hutton we will of course in due course be reviewing them with the help of the Galnet Race Digest, but in anticipation of this Sally, the pilot of the PWAF, took it upon herself to test one of them to the point of destruction. What was expected to be a rapid and scheduled disassembly of the pilot to mug type, more accurately the pilot mug to the mug mug type, Sally attempted to put into practice some of the ancient martial arts she learned from a guru atop a mountain where she went for a meditative treat, retreat. Unfortunately, instead of a wise and wizened Sherlin monk specialising in using body parts to smash bricks, bend steel and turn aside sword thrusts, using nothing more than intense concentration on his face and a lifetime of training, she instead had found one of the mad monks of Van Manen, who convinced her that it was purely a case of pilot mind over matter and if she willed the muck to be broken, then broken it would be. Unfortunately, attempting to put this into practice, Sal focused so hard on the Hutton mug she was attempting to test to the point of destruction, she forgot to check her approach to a nearby planet. Gravity took hold, the auto brakes on her ship screeched the PWAF to a halt. Sal, oblivious to everything but the mug, was firmly strapped to her seat. The mug, however, wasn't strapped to anything and instead was floating serenely in front of her in zero-g. Or at least what used to be zero-g. Newton intervened. The mug kept moving whilst everything around it decided to stop and it careered off three walls, the ceiling, the computer console and performed a perfect Glasgow kiss on poor Sal. Final score, Mug 1, Sal 0, and her fetching woolly jumper was taken off injured after re receiving a full mug of warm kitten brand coffee all down it. We wish Sally well with her recovery and would like to remind all pilots that the phrase is for the mug, not forehead the mug. Oh, and if someone shouts for, as with golf, don't stand there and shout the mug bit. Take cover as David Boobin might just have unleashed his favourite weapon in your direction. The Pilots Federation, after weeks of tinkering and bodging, a few days of refining and tweaking, and a few hours of voodoo, gave us an upgrade to our FSS in the last bit. The objective? To enable pilots to find out more about these Stargoids, the super swirly, slightly scary, speedy shapes that are making their way across the direction, across the galaxy, in the direction of uh, of us. The problem is they didn't give us a manual. They just told us that something was different, not what it was, or not what to listen for. In effect, they've treated pilots of the galaxy like mushrooms. 
if you're familiar with the phrase. Yes, we've been kept in the dark and fed on bio waste. Canon Interstellar and pilots everywhere have been switching on their FSS, that's a full spectrum scanner, weaving it around the sky like a space version of the metal detectorist and trying to work out whether the exact sound was there before, whether it's just a gas shite, a wedding barge, a rocky ice world or even just their own stomach growling. Spectra have been studied, noises have been filtered, unfiltered, compressed, decompressed, generally looked at from every angle we've come to one conclusion. When it comes to the FSS, we have a full WTF and a side of FFS. At the last time we heard anything like that, Alvin dropped one of his quicker mammoth bone chew toys into the waste recycling system and the blaze get jammed. We pity the poor person who had to stick their arm down there to retrieve it for him. If anyone finds the manual for the spectrum scanner and can tell us what we're missing, then please send us a copy plus one to Canon Interstellar as we can't work out what in the foggiest is going on. We have now been going for nine what seemed like quite long weeks with Too Hot Too Messy, the Hutton-led initiative to deliver bugs and uh, Hutton mugs and Centauri Megadine to every single station in the galaxy. Steadfast commanders have been dropping off mugs and gin all over the place this week and we passed the 27,500 mark. Once again, delivery numbers are declining, so get stocked up, get involved and keep the momentum going. Remember, every mug counts. 205 commanders from 72 squadrons are currently taking part and more are always welcome. Naturally, Hutton commanders are collectively blazing away at the head of the squadron leaderboard, passing 11,000 deliveries just yesterday. The wing hussars have most definitely made second place their own with 1,350 muggins and the paladins a third, having carved their 1,200 notch earlier in the week. The quartet that make up the undead are still in fourth on 777 and Infinite Dreamer in his one-man squadron is fifth with 616. He who, well, it would be boring to mention every week, yes, him, he's still out in front now with over 2,300 mugs and gin delivered. I hear he's robbing bases and doing on-foot missions at the same time too. However, he's been chased down by Nem, who passed the 1,900 mark earlier this week. The gap to Commander Mouse 8287 in third has widened over last week and Commander Wally, Waller 81 is chasing them hard for fourth, passing the 1200 mark and they will likely pass them this weekend to take third. How do we know all this? Because it's tracked by the marvel that is the Hutton Helper and updated live on the Too Hot Too Messy event page at hot.forthemug.com forward slash hotmess2. At this rate, we'll have delivered a canister of Hutton mugs and Centauri Megagin to every station in the galaxy hmm, by Christmas. Precisely which Christmas we aren't going to speculate as we find more and more stations each week. But if everyone leaves it to everyone else, then it's going to take much longer to accomplish. Apart from the glory alone, there is an additional incentive in a real-world gravity-assisted mods-preventing Hutton mug that you can fill with tea, gin or whatever you like as you happily take Hutton mugs to where no Hutton mug has gone before. Any commander that delivers 10 mugs in a week will be entered into that week's draw to win a real one. Unless you already have one, of course, in which case you've already been immunised against mods. Eight commanders have accomplished this so, this so far and you can see a little golden mug next to their names in the top commander's table. 
How do I join in the fun, I hear you ask? Well, first you need to sign up by downloading the Hutton Helper from hot.forthemug.com forward slash download, where your mug and gin deliveries will be automatically registered for you by Antarius Fusion's magical counting hamsters. Never let it be said that Hutton pilots are slow on the uptake. Okay, so a few of us haven't noticed we've actually passed the orbital until 0.22 light years past it before performing the galaxy's biggest U-turn and shoop of lame. Now that a few of us have travelled all the way out to Hutton before realising that we've not remembered any limpets or a limpet controller or in fact that we don't have a cargo rack and actually we're in our combat ship. One system, however, has been party to an enormous clangor that the entire Pilots' Federation have taken two whole years to notice. Back in 3306, the LHS-4058 system was the subject of a community goal that looked to upgrade one of its orbitals to a fully-blown, fully-operational space station. Complete with toast rack, winky lights, those little advertising hoardings, and, of course, breathable air whilst parked on the pad. Unfortunately, it looks like someone forgot to tell the Universal Cartographics Art Department. On approach to the station, it quite clearly still shows it is an itsy-witsy little teeny tiny orbital. Not dissimilar from Hutton. Imagine the shock when the pilot comes out of supercruise, expecting to see a couple of pads linked together with boxy habitation modules, and is instead confronted by a full-size space station, a few kilometres wide and filling their viewports. What they thought was a little outpost that would be nice and quiet, somewhere to prop up the bar well away from the hustle and bustle of the major trade hubs, is indeed a fully-fledged station, complete with dangerous-looking gun ports, security patrols, and an extended no-fire zone. Yep, Rosarch Hub in LHS 4058 is a big station, but it has a little sign, and it took all of you lot two years to notice. Interesting might be a word to describe what's been going on this week in Hutton Space. We seem to be doing a bit of system sitting for a friend that we're only too happy to hand back. Blight turns to famine and Sirius are up to their old tricks which is becoming rather tedious. More on those stories coming up. This week's shock news is that Barnard's star is not the bottom of the pile, nor the next to bottom either. Instead, low system on the pole goes to Avic, and it's no wonder given that it's suffering from both an infrastructure failure and the latest in a very tedious series of wards with Sirius Corporation, leaving the citizens discontented on 29. Shipping either power generators or water purifiers, or even both, and win the war against Sirius, which they are currently leading two to one. One of our friendly factions, the Gilgamesh Core Orbital Protection Faction, were faced with an awkward too much month left at the end of the money. Their influence in LHS 450 plummeted as a result, as the markets lost confidence in their ability to pay their expansion bills. Hutton have been there for a while, happily coasting along bottom of the also-ran factions when suddenly we were alerted to the Gilgamesh dilemma by one of their ambassadors. They argued, uh, sorry, they assured us that we got this, hold my gin, and even some Hutton commanders risked the wrath of Alvin by fighting against Hutton, all in the cause of helping our friends out of a bind. 
However, fate would not bend to anyone's will and we saw that day after day Gilgamesh lost more and more ground. Yesterday saw Hutton collectively go, oh bother, and won 4-0. So next to bottom in our systems is a new entry, LHS 450. Well, Gilgamesh, you know where LHS 450 is, and any time you want to come and collect it, it's yours. Being temporarily smug and enjoying a week off from its regular slot at the bottom of the pile due to the war in Avic is Barnard's star, now on a reassuring 35%. There's an election in the system tying up 30% of influence, but it should finish tomorrow or by the weekend, so it's a reasonable week to try to improve Hutton's margin. All sitting on 39% are the, is the very slow-to-move Epsilon Indy, Epsilon Eridani, which is recovering from last week's outbreak, and Trepin. Last week's blight in LP525-39 was cleared in the week, but it hung around long enough to trigger a famine, so shipping food and dump exploration data to get the system back on its feet. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems table, we have six systems above 60%, and for a change, we aren't looking to expand anywhere soon. Last week, we expanded into LHS 200, a dull little system controlled by the Earth Defence Fleet, and we really don't want to stay, and Alvin would like to lose the war against LFT 367 Dynamic Corporation and get out of there. Priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, ship, food or dump exploration data into LP525-39 to clear the famine and ship in either power generators or water purifiers, or even both, to AVIC. If you want to shoot something, win the war in AVIC against Sirius Corporation, and once that is achieved, lose the war in LHS 200. Over to Flossie. An uh, update from Alec Turner about the Buckyball Bucky Racing Club's the 308 Magic 8 Ball Championship. Ladies, gentlemen, racers. That's it, the championship is over. Without further ado, the winners of the Buckyball Racing Club's 3308 Magic 8 Ball Championship are for regulation class. In third place, we have the consummate live streamer and winner of the Seven Sisters Speedway, Captain MD, who finishes on 44 points. In second place, it's the dancing space bear and scourge of the Buckyball Rulebook Commander Brusky, who, with a magic eight ball wins to his name, finishes on 54 points. And in first place, ultimate champion of the magic eight ball regulation class Cobra, it's a richly deserved win to the incomparable Commander Shea Blackwood, who finishes with 56 out of a maximum 60 points and was sat on the podium for six of the eight races. And for the unlimited class, in case there was any doubt whatsoever that the above three deserved their podium places, it's the exact same three in the exact same order, but finishing with 50 points for Captain MD, 54 points for Busky, and 57 points for Shea. Massive congratulations to three very different but equally skilled pilots, now officially the fastest pilots in the galaxy. Please be upstanding for Commanders Captain MD, Busky and Shea Blackwood. Elsewhere, just a few notable mentions. First, I'd like to give a big shout out to Commander Screw, the only person to have ever circumnavigated Pomesh 2C in an SRV. 
putting real life first meant he had to pull out of the championship after just four races, but otherwise I think he could very easily have been one of our champions. I'd also like to thank the other seven racehorses, Mal for the win, Brother Sabathius, Sulu, Saikit, Reiko, Oswick and Ashnak, without whose time and dedication this championship would not have been possible. I'd like to thank all the folks who promoted our racing community on various social media platforms. People like The High Wake, Dash, Jav, Tukoso, Homburger, Wotherspoon and Beetlejude. All the podcasters and live streamers and many, many more. And of course, Funty Developments for, well, everything. And finally, I'd like to thank and congratulate you. Every single one of you has helped to make this championship something truly special. You've thrown yourselves into these monthly challenges with true bravado. You've been good-natured, funny, witty, creative and just absolutely brilliant competitors and you're all winners in my book. It seems highly likely, given the success of this, that we'll run another championship next year. But in the meantime, although the eight ball is over, that's not quite the end of Buckyball for 3308. Commander Edelgard von Rehn is planning to host a new race entitled The Trouble with Triples around November time, so watch this space. Fly fast, Commanders, and see you at the finish line. Commander the Presence does not have an update on does the sun still rise in the east in the east this week due to work pressures but did say next week should be the final report anyhow and I'll endeavour to get that done. Many thanks for the opportunity, laughs and Mickey taking. It's been a real pleasure. Well, that's the news done for another week. Whew. Glad that's finished. So let's start in the traditional manner by going over to Commander Checks and saying, was there a Frontier live stream? I believe so. Oh, what do you mean you believe so? Well, I, I, I saw some people talking about it, but I didn't, I didn't see it. Oh my goodness! Well, it was. They keep moving the day, and it's on a day when I'm. Ross busting. Yeah. Changed the time as well this time. Did they? <laughs> Did they? <laughs> yeah. And I had oh, no. I had planned to catch up with it at some point today, but I've just been busy all day long. In fact, I'm st- if people are wondering what that chopping sound is in the background, I'm still chopping tomatoes. Yeah, oh, dear. <laughs> Twenty pounds <laughs> of tomatoes. Is this something you do regularly, just chopping what? tomatoes for the sake of it? The first <laughs> the first week of October every year is chutney week. <laughs> it's ah, chutney week. Oh, oh is that national or international chutney week? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Galactic, Galactic chutney week. <laughs> yes. So I didn't see the live stream, but I believe some of, somebody must have. What were they? I thought. Oh, Overlight. Did you see? Did you see it? I did see. Because you didn't. Yeah, I watched the. Um... I watched the certainly the first part of it because I'm always excited if there's going to be a big reveal. Um, and the, what's that? Well, there were some quite exciting prizes for the um, stellar screenshots, the Halloween exclusive paint jobs that you can win. So the next, I think. Oh my god! Weeks. Yeah, mm. you saw them? No, no, I, I saw that the stellar screenshot, um, the caption 
uh, sorry, the commander names were done in a funky Halloween script. I've, to, I've just put two and two together and figured out why when you just said that. Ah, mm. so it's yeah, it's for the for the, I think it's for the next two uh, stellar screenshots. The uh, you not only win the standard shipskin prize, but you also win a special spooky shipskin prize. So oh my god. In. And all the screenshots that they selected were of a spooky nature. So I would suggest that... Uh, so like Fox Mulder or something? Or, yeah. No? <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> and uh, I would suggest that screenshots of uh, a spooky nature are probably more likely to, uh, to win the... Uh, win the prize yeah I'm going to certainly uh, have a trawl through my screenshots folder and see if I've got any yeah possible. I'm going to see what I can find as well that's interesting Ooh. spooky I am excited for Halloween paint jobs mm. I've got all the the light up the glow in the dark decals and everything the spider and the the wolf with the, the full moon behind it and all those kind of things I've got all of them because I'm just a bit sad, really. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a game, is it? That's actually in your bedroom. No, that's wall. actually yeah. I've actually sat, yeah. I've, I've put them all up in my bedroom wall. Yeah, yeah. It's on my lunchbox and everything. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> Don't, there's no need to be sarcastic. <laughs> Does not become you. Um, so yeah. So what is this story? What happened to Sally? She headbutted a mug or something. I believe so, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Not the pink one. Oh god, no, let's hope it's not a pink hutton mug. She broken it. She, did I the, think well, I no. think it was a according to mug. the news according to the news article, the the mug won, so she can't have broken it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's always always hard to tell no, when her, uh, her, to, her to eye, I think. Oh dear. Alright. Oh, yeah. That's that's a that's an epic fail trying to drink a, a cup of coffee, isn't it? <laughs> Mustn't laugh. I tried to have a cup of coffee and hit myself in the eye with the mug. Yeah. <laughs> Try taking the spoon out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope she's okay though. That sounds quite nasty. I shouldn't be laughing through that. Uh, it does sound quite nasty, but hopefully she's. Okay. I'm just trying to find where I read about it. I think it was on Twitter. Yeah. Um, uh. That'll be why I didn't see it. Yeah. I read about it in the script earlier, so. So listen, I fell full body, I suck it first, onto my coffee mug this week. We can laugh now. (laughs) (laughs) So precise, I know. Keeping my actions unique, always. Yeah. I have a weird shaped eyelid right now, so until that straightens out, here's the pink wafer. And she put a, uh, a picture of the pink wafer. Yeah. Busy good week. Love to you. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like just one of those bizarre accidents. Yeah. <laughs> Assault with a deadly mug. Assault with a mug, yes. Mug. Yeah. Mug. Mug. She said she attempted to become one with the mug. <laughs> yes, she did, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Who's killing the keyboard? Ah, uh, that'd That's be overweight. Yeah. Mute yourself, you maniac. Um, yeah, so deflector detector. We've lost another Zach, and this one has gone to racing. He's a he's a Formula One bud now. Ah, it's going to race that boy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I saw the picture of him. It was just like in a silhouette, but something terrible had happened to his ears. I don't know if he fell ear first onto a mug or something. But uh, no, I think it might have been his headphones. Do we know if? if if, if Zach, if, I'm guessing he's old enough to drive, but does Zach actually have a driving license? Does anybody? Oh, that's a good question. Does he drive? Because a lot, 
many people don't these days. I don't, for very good reasons, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, you... <laughs> Well, until they start doing road marking... Well, I can think of about six, actually. Yeah, until they start doing road... Driving on the inlifer and speeding... Until they start doing road markings in Braille, it's not going to work for me. (laughs) (laughs) Just lean out out the door and put my hand along the the white lines, you know. Um, And I'd need a big cushion to see over the dashboard. Ah, that's true. And and sort of bricks tied to your feet to reach the pedals. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that kind of Mm. thing. So, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, do, do we know when that... Is that... Out? Is it coming out imminently? I don't want to think about the Formula One game. Is the there? Formula One game's out as far as I know. Is yeah. it out? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. I remember I've heard people talking about playing it. Sort of back in Commodore 64 days and possibly even early PC days. I was so bored with driving games. I just don't, mm. really, don't really play them. Well, the, the Formula One's more, it's more a management game, isn't it? It's like a Formula One management game. Oh, even, even more tedious. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Oh God, I... Yeah. But you know, anyway, I'm, like, yeah, sure. I'm, yeah. well, I'm sure people enjoy that kind of thing. It's just not for me. You can just sit and just just sit and peruse the uh, the telemetry. Oh, there you go. Mm. <laughs> I think you can get down to actually race the car as well, or you can watch the race, or you can do all these things. You know. Okay. But uh, yeah, quite exciting. Yeah, I, I, it's not it's not not for me, but I'm sure it's, it's quite fun. exciting, but in a very boring way. I mean, I think people think just. Scanning planet after planet is boring, but I find, find it yeah. quite, quite fun. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. So, so Amelia. So yeah. That's two weeks in a row. She's got the mods. Uh, she's got the no, mods. La- la- last well, week she had the busies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, last week was actually busy. Ah. This week, yeah. mods. Yeah. Mods. She's got the flu. You got your flu jabs? Yeah, I'm getting Ho- mine tomorrow. Hopefully it's the sort of... Yeah, hopefully it's the sort of flu that leaves you really stuffed up, sniffly and feeling a bit generally under the weather and ill, rather than the sort of flu that makes it squirt out of both ends. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mental image now that I don't really want to have. <laughs> what, you mean like a Greg sausage roll? Yeah. You... <laughs> That's you the know, one, yeah. yeah. And you bite it in the middle. Not that I've ever had a Greg sausage roll, I'm just speculating. So... You've yes. never had a Greg sausage roll. No. You've missed what? out. They are rather good. Yeah, I can't even say I've actually I've ever been in a Greg's. Yeah, it's okay. It's nice. Do yeah. you know what I found was remarkably good? The vegan sausage roll. Yeah, we like that. It, it's made with real vegans. Yes, made with real vegans, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I tried one one day because everybody had been talking about them and I thought, I'm going to get one and try it. And it yeah. was brilliant. It was as good as the original sausage roll in those greasy. Yeah. I mean, I it's better, yeah. It's better for you. Yeah. I hate to Not sort of spark a debate. But anyway, like, but... Why? <laughs> I've never understood the, the point of making something look like it's meat version. Just just make it just however that, it yeah. is. Yeah. We yeah. like a lot of vegan stuff, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, did, did nothing you, against uh, vegan food. It's the it's the trying to pretend it's not vegan food that's puzzling. Well, I, <laughs> I, I found out. I actually yeah. sent a photograph of it to uh, to Mia. <laughs> I was in I was in my local waitress across the road um, mm. a couple of weeks ago, and I came across a vegan haggis. Yeah, what? I felt a vegetarian haggis, <laughs> but uh, vegan haggis is a new one. They must have gone yeah. a step further somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But to be honest, with haggis, there's not any dairy in it or anything. Yeah, but it's like mm. a sheep's stomach, isn't it? It's yeah, but you can. They don't traditionally. always traditionally they don't always use that. 
you know. Well, sometimes they have. It does, like, uh, it does look like a plastic bag, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, but to be honest, a lot, a lot Just of them do use great. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, anything, anything with laminate tastes great. Yeah, doesn't matter whether you grill it, fry it, boil it, whatever you do to it, it always tastes the same. Mm. Well, apart from the time I had COVID and I, I cooked a lamb for about four hours on, slow cooked it in the oven, and I couldn't smell it. Oh, and I made a Rogan That's Josh bad. with it, and I couldn't taste that either. Oh, uh, oh. oh <laughs> wait, oh. slow cooked lamb not it being able just, to taste it. It was just like eat just it'd be horrendous not having any sense of taste I'm just like chewing away and I couldn't my taste the thing my mother was like that for years oh, due to polyps in her nose yeah. oh. my mother had no taste but not sense of taste <laughs> just taste <laughs> <laughs> not sure well, that one's going to go as well, isn't it? <laughs> was it all fleas and purple shots uh, no that was my brother oh yeah sorry I was, I was thinking of checks anyway <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Uh, but space news: Astronauts have launched to the space station aboard the SpaceX capsule. You know what? I, I just glanced at that story yeah. and, and I read Apex capsule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine going into a- Apex's headquarters, you know, and they've got you know you go into a destination too far. <laughs> you know they have pictures on the wall of like you know the the company through time. I'm sure if you go yeah. to Apex's head office, wherever it's based, there's sort of a grainy black and white picture of SpaceX and somebody called Melon Usk, or what's his name? Or is it pronounced Melon Usk? Um, oh, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I think it's called a rind, not a husk. Oh, yes. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm sure they'll turn into Apex taxis one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, most of the letters are already there. Yeah. Yep. In fact, all of the letters are already there. Yeah, they are. They're just not necessarily in the right, right order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, s- spelling is iterative. It develops over time. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's just we now know where Apex came from. Yeah. Uh, Artemis One <laughs> still broken. You know I'm going to uh, forever yeah. think of them as SpaceX taxis now. Yeah. Uh, I think they fixed the plumbing, but they brought it out and then there was a hurricane and they had to take it back inside again. Well, it hid in the shed last week didn't it yeah it was, it was yeah. in the garden shed yeah so yeah. it looks like it's going to be the end of november now before they can launch it oh good grief well well didn't they have to uh this it was oh, i can't even remember which batteries they were but they had like a 27 day window on <laughs> some ba- <laughs> yeah they had to well change. they're aiming for the moon and it keeps moving so i guess yeah. it does make sense that they only I, get a chance yeah, once a month i think they're going to wait till it's a, a full moon again so they can be sure that they're going to hit it so November. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want to go in the dark, do you? you wouldn't be no, you wouldn't want to go in the yeah. dark. No. Well, you want you do want to go in the dark. It's like the sun. You want if you've got the sun, you want to go in the daytime when it's there. Well, yeah, it'd be nothing mm. to see if it was at night. Yeah, exactly. Surely, <laughs> surely you burn up um, if you went in the day. Yeah, it looks like they fixed the plumbing. As far as we know, but we just need to wait and see. Originally, it was supposed to launch in something like 2016, though. I mean, it's already quite late. Well, it's not quite as late as the uh, the <laughs> Russian space station module that went up, was it, a couple of years ago. It was supposed to launch in 2007. Ah, OK. And yeah. it was not quite as late as the Russian moon rocket, the N1, either. That talk was meant to launch in 1968. <laughs> 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 talk, about, talk about your warranties run out, mate. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. They're probably taking it back now, anyway. Hmm. I oh, know, so, it, it went up, but... Uh, 
how long it's going to stay up is another story. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. They're probably going to claim it back now. They, they may have a referendum about claiming it back before they do. Yeah, yeah. 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 With the referendum and the rest of the International Space oh, sorry, Station... 99% the of the uh, people who live in it voted that... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just make yeah, two, sure it's full of Russians at the time. Two, 207 votes in favour. Out yes. of the nine people on board yes. at the time. Yep, absolutely. That, All that's 14 of legit. the two French and one German astronauts voted in favour. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Paint thingies? What's that about? Oh, yeah, we talked about those earlier, didn't we? Paint thingies? Oh, yeah, the Halloween ones. I haven't seen them. Is there a picture? Ah, uh, Probably a no, then. Uh, have you got one? No. Uh, probably not, then. That'll be no, then. Yeah, okay, fair enough. No, I didn't, I didn't know about them at all until until uh, Josh mentioned it in the, in the, uh, the banter further up. So, yeah, that's that's quite exciting. I'm going to have to have a look for them. They'll probably be out for sale tomorrow, you know, but you want to win one if you can, because then you're special. Yeah. Yeah. So, the forums. Still rife with people who want chocolate chips in their double chalk with chocolate chip. Chocolate mm. chip Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Desperate meeting or uh, chocolate chips. The one chocolate chips. They've already got chocolate chips, but they want more chocolate chips. Um, just in case someone else might want to choc- want to that chocolate chips. Yeah. And they want to play with them, so yeah. I just don't get it. I mean, yes, well, I it would be yeah. nice to be able to, to uh, partner up in there, but. Does it matter? No, you got three point eight. If you want to go, it got three point eight. Yeah, yeah, you both go three point eight. That's all. Hmm. You can meet in there. I don't understand this obsession with four. Because if you've got Odyssey, you've already got four. So yeah, (laughs) and if you've got four, you've got four. And it's just, and all that is, is the. uh, And they could have winged with them in Odyssey already. So what's the difference? Yeah, and in other words, in, in terms of people meeting up with other people. Nothing's changed. No. <laughs> you still you can do it in proper horizons, or you can do it, yeah. Yeah. If you've both got Odyssey, you can meet up in Odyssey. If you yeah. haven't both got Odyssey, you need to meet up in Horizons. Yeah. I mean, I, I suspect that over time they will probably fix it so you can meet up in four, mm-hmm. because that'll be the next step towards completely getting rid of the 3.8 client, so they're only maintaining one code base instead of two. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's when it happens it happens and until then it's fine and as soon as that does happen people will start whining and moaning being careful what words are used there mm-hmm. about the fact that they're planning on getting rid of 3.8 because they like 3.8 and don't like 4 and didn't want to upgrade and that's why they didn't buy Odyssey yeah and why <laughs> and on it goes. you know the way yeah. to fix all this is just don't have any friends yes <laughs> or they just I, demand I tr- to have tried they, that. they demand to have the base game they don't want Horizons mm. that'd be mm. the next one hmm there's always one. Elite Dangerous Retro. I don't want I don't want to land in plans. I don't like them. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's a lack of choice. I can't hot, stand. Hot off the presses from uh, Overlight. Okay. Apparently, we, we have a picture of the paint job ready to fade in. Oh. Right, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm looking forward to seeing this. That'll be a delayed reaction as it comes up on the screen right now, but... Ooh, oh, look at that. Oh, Look nice at that. Job. That's just evil pumpkin. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. No, that's nice. That looks like it's on... No. I think that might be on an Asp Scout. Yeah. Oh, 
I can't see the tail fins. Yeah. Mind you, it's got two sets of rockets. No, I think it's, mm. it's got fins. It's got fins. Can yeah, it's, fins? A, it's an asp explorer. Yeah. I can see engine exhaust. Yeah, it's not, it's not got the flappy wing flaps like the thing mm. has, and it's not got the central engine. It's sad it, that we know this, isn't it? Is it like, just the asp, or is it available for other ships, do we know? We'll find that out tomorrow. Hmm. <laughs> oh, they're out tomorrow. Yeah, well, I expect so, yeah. That's fiendish, that's... Look at it. Oh, that's evil looking, I like that. Mm. Ooh, well. Imagine flying along and that thing coming up in front of you. Ooh, some Ooh, poo would come out then. We've got a funky uh, f- funky chat screen in uh, Twitch. Yes. Mm. We've got another message from Josh as well. Hmm. And he says that he has picked apart Hanky's message and can give an abridged update. God, it's like being at being at Bletchley Park, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I tell you what, my little mind has been on overdrive here, trying to. Here we go, live from Hot Six. <laughs> Something you can't understand. I probably can because I. I Hanky very well. <laughs> you speak. You speak Hanky. I mean, that is you know that is that yeah. is a unique skill. Um, no, it just the essentially the message from Colonia, and I'm sure Hanky will correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is that uh, hot coal have expanded into Pythias. Pythias is a bit naff, but there is a good opportunity to get rich there because there's some nice Bertrandite uh, sourcing missions which will pay 50 million credits a yeah. shot. Ooh, uh, Pythias is already hot coal system. Uh, oh, it's a Pythias new system joint. Oh, sorry, that's the War One in uh, Pythias. Yeah. So it's. Uh, but there is a there is a uh, a faction of what's there the LGC Cartographers Guild they might want it back um, so they'll have to make themselves known uh, if they want to do that um, but the message is come to Colonia get rich and please buy something from the gift shop <laughs> on the way out seamless seamless yes oh, well I'm glad we've cleared that up. Honestly, hey, they'll, ne- they'll never notice in the edit. We'll just push that back into your bit, checks, and he can speak yeah. in a slightly different oh, voice. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Um, mm. Do you want to put your? Do you want to put the pen into the the cassette tape and rewind the drum roll? Because I think we need that next, don't we? Oh yeah, yeah. Better, better rewind it. Put it in. Yeah. It would be funny to have a just just since we've got two two of the button pushes here. Is is that you remember that fabulous rewinding the tape noise? Yeah. Yep. Just. Um, this week's mug winner for the current um, event is Stereo MD, who is the ninth winner of the mug. The ninth, not the fourth. Not the fourth, the ninth. Not, yeah, not the fifth, or the sixth, <laughs> or the seventh, or even the eighth. He is the, yeah. one more, the ninth. One more than eight, one less than ten, because ten's yeah. next week. But and definitely not the fourth. If you would like to also win a mug... Just um, make sure that you have your hut and helper running and sell up, uh, up at least 10 each of mugs and gin during the next week uh, for Hot Too Hot Too Messy and you'll be in with a chance. Your name could be drawn. Mm. Right, everybody pay attention. Um, they are contact um email i took part at huttonorbital.com with their details so they can send out the mug to them yay one of the good things about the flossy's favorite just very quickly on the mugs uh, the Mm -hmm. the show comes more or less a halfway point 
of the week. So when you look at the Two Hot Two Messy event page, it says delivered this week, and, the, and at the moment it's 519, so in half a week. So we should get up just over a 1,000 at that rate. But last week was 1669, the week before was 1900, the week before. So it's, numbers have been falling off. Um, so we do need to uh, pick up the pace again a little bit. It doesn't mean to say it's all you do. It's not all I do, but um, you do uh, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, I rob stuff. No, uh, no, you, no, you do robbing and stuff as well. Yeah. As soon as we've done the next bit, I'm off to get my big extra large backpack modification. Excellent. I'm up. Who does those? Is it Domino Green or is it Kit Fowler? I can't remember. Uh, Domino Green does those. All right. Yeah. Anyway, right, I'm off to see Domino Green. We're approaching Flossie's favourite part, though. So, everybody pay attention. I've got a wee rhyme, and I want you to finish it for me. It's, in the light, you need a kite. In the dark, you need a... Park. No. Aardvark. Aardvark! No, I was going to say torch, but fine. Aardvark! Right. (laughs) (laughs) I was a bit stuck this week. (laughs) I think it might be time to go across to Flossie with the CG News. Yeah. I think it might. It's Flossie It's Flossie It's Flossie It's Flossie And the community goes Hello, Flossie here with this week's CG News. Last week's CGs defend the true chapter cultists. Finished early this morning, uh, it's just about managed to pass tier one with nearly 21 billion credits earned. Seize the Far God Megaship finished early this morning, short of tier two with over 46 billion credits earned. New CG started today. Engage Thargoid fleet in Andesavi. The Alliance has deployed the Reactionary Task Force to defend the Andesavi system from the Thargoids. An anti-Xeno task force titled Operation Tinderus was recently prepared by the Alliance Defence Force in conjunction with Sirius Corporation. This followed the ratification of the Strategic Defence Pact between the Superpower and the Megacorp. Admiral Nicholas Glass, the Sirius Navy representative on the Council of Admirals, announced The Thargoids have encroached upon the Allied territory providing an opportunity for Operation Tinderus to put this newly legislated partnership to the test. The megaships provided by Sirius Corp are on combat readiness for just such an event, and Kamiho Sky has jumped directly to the Andercavi system to act as a mobile base of operations. The ADF will spearhead our counter-attack against the alien forces. These are still early days of our unified anti-Xeno efforts, so we are requesting additional support from our independent pilots. Sirius Corporation will award its pre-engineered heatsink module to those who destroy adequate numbers of Thargoid vessels. 
the top 75% of contributors will receive one pre-engineered high-capacity heatsink module. And the top 50% of contributors will receive two pre-engineered high-capacity heatsink modules. And these won't be able to be modified. The anti-savvy system reported the presence of Thargoids over the past 48 hours. However, as with recent incursions into other populated systems, no starports have yet been attacked. Sirius Corporation will reimburse Thargoid combat bonds deliver- delivered to the Kumiho Sky. The campaign begins or began today the 6th of October and will run for one week. If the final target is met earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. And that's it for this week's CG News. Flossy told you what to do. And now, over to the Flanders and Swan of news. Well, one of them's a dodgy tenor, the other's a bit of a pianist. It's Witherspoon and Beetlejuice with the Garnet News Digest. Is it happening? Galnet News Digest, 6th of October 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the FSS update doesn't change anything. The superpowers prepare for war with the Thargoids. Aegis asks the superpowers for funding. And D2 pays a visit to Aegis with some terrible news. Claims by Universal Cartographics that a firmware upgrade has been rolled out to the full-spectrum scanners in ships across the galaxy has been met with bafflement by the pilot community, who've noticed no discernible difference in how the FSS works. The chair of Universal Cartographics, Cynthia Sideris, claimed on Friday that the FSSs, which were known as FFSs when first introduced because they were so fiddly to use, have been upgraded to be able to better target, triangulate and analyse rogue signal sources, which are believed to be associated with the three unidentified interstellar anomalies, or stargoids, that have recently been discovered on the far side of Barnard's Loop. The claimed improvements to the FSS were improved range and the ability to analyse the stargoids and or RSSs. The FSS still makes an interesting bubbling organic sound when pointed at stargoids, but otherwise appears to be completely unchanged. Possibly the new feature is vaporware, but the hope remains that this new feature really will change our ability to analyse the stargoids, but that we're just too dense to work out how to use it. Perhaps all those engineers from Auger Vision, Jick Naxon Enterprises, Long Embedded Systems and Lerp Ship Systems, who developed this exciting new FSS feature, could be persuaded to release a short instruction manual explaining exactly how the darn thing is supposed to be used. Joy that Riort thing was such a wild ride. What was that guy's name? Uh, uh, which guy? 
The guy who organized the protest against Sirius? Oh, yeah, uh, Fergus Cassidy. Cassidy, yes. He stood up to the biggest megacorp in the galaxy and got away with it. Mm. Like, imagine taking on Sirius Corporation with all its power and wealth and actually coming out on top. Yeah, well, uh, Cassidy harnessed the will of the people and drew the support of independent pilots. The Thargoids have left three human-inhabited systems, but they don't seem to have been defeated, and it's not at all clear whether humanity is ready for an all-out invasion. According to some sources, including Senator Petraeus, the Thargoid presence in the 42N Perse, Chunpindit and Tiketjal systems may have been there simply to gauge humanity's level of hostility and its ability to fight. These were not the super-angry Thargoids of HIP-22460, and they did not attack starports in any of the three systems. When they left, despite President Hudson's claims that the Federal Navy's presence had driven the Thargoids out, it was not a defeat. A substantial Thargoid Navy departed in an orderly manner, showing few signs of damage. It seems, then, that the Federal Navy was unable to conquer even that small scouting party. The Imperial Navy is keeping its cards close to its chest, but there's no indication that it has developed any new anti-Zeno capabilities. The Alliance has just two anti-Zeno-equipped megaships as a result of its strategic alliance with the Sirius Corporation, Operation Tyndarius, which is named after a similarly retrofitted freighter that was destroyed by the Thargoids in HIP-22460. There is no guarantee that the superpowers will offer assistance to independent systems, as the Federation did over the past two weeks. So it seems that the superpowers and independent systems alike are going to have to rely largely on independent anti-Zeno pilots. And if the hyper-annoyed Thargoids from HIP-22460 come calling, there seems little chance of putting up a meaningful resistance. And there is little doubt that the Thargoids will invade again. The only question is, how long do we have to prepare? Meanwhile, the growing Zeno peace movement, led by the Thargoid Advocacy Project, continues to advocate for alternatives to war. In an attempt to spread the word, interstellar communal experience content creator Joyce Sen has placed three long excerpts from her discussion with Deputy Editor of the Sovereign and TAP advocate Haimar Borichev in a comms beacon near Ayabiko Planet 3. They discuss the peace movement, whether Thargoids feel pain and whether humanity is covering up the suffering we are causing, and the three unidentified interstellar anomalies, or Stargoids, what they are and how we should greet them when they arrive in the human-occupied bubble. It's an interesting discussion and has an incentive to listen. Anyone scanning the beacon will get a free Zeno Affirmative ship nameplate and decal set. Joy Zen. More and more regular civilians are taking notice of the peace message and sharing it on ICE platforms. Yeah. Your media, Joy. My intended contribution is to bring that conversation to the mainstream news feeds and keep it there. Like giving it some legitimacy, almost. Yeah, well, not almost. Uh, yes, in a manner of speaking, yes. Uh, I wouldn't say it like that because it suggests that non-mainstream media is somehow less important. Sure. Yeah, but we all have our uses, I suppose. <laughs> I totally get what you mean.
Professor Albert Tesro is trying to convince the superpowers to bring back Aegis at a three-day symposium in Altair. Professor Tesro, together with former Aegis colleagues Carter Armstrong, Dr. Mia Valancourt and Yazu Jing, explained that a reformed Aegis would be uniquely placed to try to understand the Thargoids and potentially to attempt communication with them rather than to simply attempt to blast them out of the skies and said that she intended to try to convince the superpowers that Aegis is the only sensible way forward. By understanding the Thargoids, we have the options of diplomacy or to fight smarter, neither of which are currently open to us. Tezro made it clear that Aegis would not be part of the Xeno-Peace movement, but she agreed with that movement that establishing some sort of interspecies communication should be a priority. The conference discussed Aegis's past weaknesses and how the organisation could do better in its new incarnation. Perhaps disappointingly, the Federation and Alliance fielded only second-rank diplomats and politicians, with Federal Ambassador to the Alliance Jasmina Halsey, Shadow Vice President Isolde Rochester, Allied Deputy Prime Minister Angela Corcoran, and a deputation from the Marlinist colonies making up most of the audience. The Empire refused to attend, as it no longer participates in any inter-superpower activities. Your crew? So, uh, you have a ship? Oh, no. Well, yes, actually, I do have a ship. It's a dolphin. She's oh. a beauty. Um, but I call my viewers my crew. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. I see. Yes, of course. <laughs> We're on a journey together. My crew have been with me since day one through good times and not so good ones. In a dramatic intervention, the sole survivor of Salvation's Project Seraph experiments, test subject D2, burst into the Aegis Conference in New Apollo City this morning, claiming that the leaked Thargoid scream indicates that something terrible is about to happen. The dishevelled woman, who says her real name is Xiao Jing Ai, rolled up her sleeve to show the D2 tattooed onto her arm by azimuth biochemicals during its attempts in 3302 and 3303 to get humans to fly a captured Thargoid scout vessel. The only known survivor of these cruel experiments, D2 had her mind briefly connected to the Thargoid ship. Some believe that this has given her insight into the Thargoid hive mind. She claims that she knows what the strange Thargoid shriek smuggled out of HIP 22460 by pro-peace activists means, and she shouted out that it's too late to stop what's coming. Tezro, who clearly took this strange outburst seriously, escorted Xiao Jin Ai out of the hall. Today's main presentation at the Aegis Symposium has since been cancelled, while Tezro continues to talk with D2. The former test subject, who has an understandable hatred for those who experimented on her during Project Seraph, previously helped Professor Tesro make the link between Azimuth's Dr. Caleb Witch Witcherly and now deceased mad scientist Salvation. We can expect an update from Professor Tesro in the next few days about whether Xiao Jin Ai is suffering from delusions or if a terrible apocalypse is about to befall us all. I'll be casting again soon, crewmates. Till then, I'm wishing you goodbye, good luck, and good times to come. Mwah!
Commanders Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon. Over to the Hutton Helper results. Welcome to the Hutton Helper Results. The Hutton Helper Results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free Haynes manual for a 1990 Hubble telescope. This week we have the following events. The 65,000 Lightyear Service Cup. The What Do We Have in the Spare Parts Bin Deja Vu Trophy. The I Need an Alternator and a Set of Wipers for a Mark 1 Space Telescope Mission Challenge. The 32 years worth of space parking tickets, Charity Shield. The No You Can't Just Shoot It, You're Not The Klingons award. The An AA Dragon Capsule is on its way, time trial. So, make sure you have a squeegee, check your plugs and points, and take a carrier bag to put all the rubbish into. The Hutton Helper results are... Comet Bond jumped 111,000 light years to come first in distance travelled. Montgomery Python sold 54,000 tonnes of cargo. Mindwipe is a top mission runner with 350 points. It's a whole row of little ducks this week as Alex Zuno handed in 2,222,222,222 credits worth of combat uh, bounties. Darkbane Fox handed in 768 million credits of combat bonds. And the Mad Seeker delivered 160 people to their various destinations. So that's a decal this week for Darkbane Fox. Please email itookpart at hottenorbital.com and arrange to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of a socket set, a picture of the Pillars of Creation, and a big monocle for a space telescope. There have been 15 Hutton runs in the last seven days, and the top five times are... Right... No surprises there, Impala Mark is at the top with 1 hour 22 minutes and 54 seconds. Norbert Patinod is there again with 1 hour 23 minutes 41 seconds. Drew Peacock, 1 hour 23 minutes and 44 seconds. Retired Navy IT1 is there with 1 hour 24 minutes and 11 seconds. And Bandicoot brings up the rear with 1 hour 24 minutes and 14 seconds. So, there's a whole galaxy of stuff out there needing drained, deflected, irrigated, stiff, snuffled, postponed, hidden from, flipped, mistranslated to and from, Spanish, chilled, mugged, ginned, shipped short, rescued, looted, destroyed, repaired, bought, sold, squeezed, inflated, burnt, frozen, liquidated, evaporated, sandblasted, sponged down, smelled, licked, extruded, discombobulated, recombobulated, headbutted, pilfered, rubbed, compressed, enveloped, siphoned, regurgitated, strained, fermented, poached, interrobanged, upcycled, smelted, and probinated. And you can earn yourself a very fetching hut and decal for doing it. To get involved, you just have to go to hot.fathermonth.com and download a sign-up for the spectacular Hutton Helper, available in three exciting formats. 
Let's face it, anything has to be better than getting an invoice from the space garage for repairs on a $1.5 billion telescope. Anyway, that's it for this week. Back to the studio. You, Mayor. In the again absence of Amelia, and we do promise you the mods is nothing to do with the wet the rare that she went out to test, not at all in any way. But anyhow, in her absence, we are once again bringing you a sketch from our vaults. So now, without any further delay, the Hutton players present two old truckers. Meanwhile, in a bar in Hutton Orbital, two truckers are having a conversation. Evening, mate. What, you filthy trucker? Yeah, not bad, not bad. What have you been up to, then? Well, with all these ships out there being a filthy trucking bunch of killer truckers, I thought I'd buy a new combat ship. What, you're giving up trucking, have you? Well, I, I thought I'd give it a go, you know. You, you've got to have a go, don't you? Yeah, right on, Commander. Don't you start that again. So, what'd you buy, then? One of those vultures? Nah. I, I bought one of them Federal Assault ships and went out tooled up for trouble. Wait, I, I thought the feds didn't like you after that incident in the bar. No ranking. You filthy trucker. Nah, nah, I, I went to one of their stations, right, and went to buy one and the jumped up filthy trucking son of a trucker said no. Well, what'd you do? Well, I gave him an headbutt. An headbutt? Yeah, an headbutt. <laughs> That's a bit fucking much. How do you respond to that one, then? He said I was perfectly qualified to fly a fast and after stuffing a pair of cotton balls up each nose, he sold me one. <laughs> That'd teach that filthy truck, though. So what'd you use it for? Well, I went out around George's pants looking for trouble. This cop comes up to me and he says, Submit to a scan, Commander. So what'd you do then? Well, I stopped, didn't I? Filthy trucker flew in and gave me an headbutt. An actual headbutt? Yeah, blew up, didn't he? His mates didn't like it, so I scarpered. You know, back to the station. Going through the toast rack, and you never guess what, mate. What? Well, I missed it, didn't I? Gave the station an headbutt. An headbutt? Yeah, I blew up. Oh, well, bought the ship back and went out. Yeah, a bit of mining. Forgot my mining laser, didn't I? So you know what I did? Well, I'd imagine you'd come back for the right gear, didn't you? Nah, I found the nearest rock and gave it an headbutt, mate. Not an headbutt? Yeah. Uh, that worked out for you. No, I blew up again, didn't I? Well, decided it weren't for my trucking day, you know? So went out for a little trading. No, what? In your fast? Well, yeah. I jumped into the next system. I saw Flossie. You never guess what she did. She didn't. Yeah, she had butted the sun, didn't she? Oh, no, not again. Well, you know, shortly afterwards, right, this code guy comes up and he demands all my stuff. You're a filthy truck. Mother trucking, filthy trucking trucker. Well, what'd you do? Well, it was only fair. I gave him an headbutt. What, in your face? Well, you know that it was. What'd he do? Well, he gave me one back like this. Christ, it worked. Well, yeah, he ran away. <laughs> oh. I went to a, a res site to get some bounty hunting in. You know, I saw this anaconda shooting missiles everywhere. Every couple of seconds, another one, mate. Well, did you bring your point defence? Nah, 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 nah. I was in a fast. I took him on a forehead, mate. What, headbutt? Yeah, well, like this. Easy, mate. You spill me drink. 
I had a similar circumstance once. I was in the radio station watching Dick Chafin work. Filthy trucker. Yeah, proper filthy. Well, the music started skipping and jumping and crackling all over the place. And Simon ran in, and do you know what he did? He didn't. He did. Filthy trucker gave a Dex an headbutt. Sorted it right out. And this other time, we was watching this race, right? And the SDC had turned up and were trying to pee in our pool. Filthy truckers. No, no, not truckers. That NITEC bloke. Well, I sent him a message, didn't I? Would you mind stopping that, please? You're spoiling everyone's fun. Well, what did he do? Give you a set of well-reasoned arguments about the validity of combat over planet surfaces? You know, shout pirate phrases over the radio? Nah, headbutts. Well, Ert did it? Yeah, killed me dead. Right, well, that's that. Well, I think that's us. What, are we at the end of the show now? Have we done everything? You haven't missed anything, have we? No, nope, I think we've run out of material, run out nobody, of scripts, run yeah. out of news. Nobody having a birthday this week? We could have sung to them. No, none of that. Okay. Yeah, a couple of weeks yet. <laughs> well, since you're here, Flossie, would you like to say, well, you know, let's, would you like to bellow the thing? I'll do what I can, but right. um, I've, got, I've, got, I've got somebody behind me who doesn't like loud noises. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Are you ready? Yes. For the mug! For the mug! For the mug! For that mug. No journey too long and no cargo too small The profit margins never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere Loading up the tea knives to the brim
Mavericks needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. Fall back, fall back. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. Fall back, fall back. Now everybody sing the heart and drunk a song. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show. Everyone's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Seamless. 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 Seamless.